Patriots. Thought I'd just change it up a little bit. Give ourselves a little bit of a beat. God shouldn't be like heavy. Like, oh, here we go. We're going to talk heavy again. Deep, heavy. It's going to, no, not a chance, man. We're going to be like raising the spirit tonight on good stuff is what we're going to be doing. We got to be rocking it because God rocks it. And that's what we need. And that's what you also need when you're going to take care of your health. So if you're going to take care of your health, do it right. And how are you going to do that? I can tell you exactly how you're going to do that. You're going to use start with Expedition Coffee, X-P-E-D, expeditioncoffee.com. That's the Bard's branded coffee for Bard's Nation. It's awesome. It was designed in part by Dr. Eric Naputi. It was engineered to give you a boost of that coffee and sustain that energy all day long with clear mental focus and at the same time enhancing your immune system. And that's what we need because right now we're in a high-stress environment. There's a lot of other things going on, including these bioweapons are dropping. You need a very strong immune system. So Expedition Coffee is the baseline for that. You can find that at xpedexpeditioncoffee.com. And when you get there, you're going to find all sorts of other great products. Some of those include the Gut Health Triad, which helps heal and seal your gut. Leaky gut is a critical problem for our health, and it's necessary to take care of that. We also have Immune XP, which is an immune booster based on pinecone extract with high levels of vitamin C. And you have Pure 47, which is the most refined silver extract on the market, which can isolate most of the pathogens you deal with or will encounter, including probably stuff created by Fochi himself. And you've got Earth, which is a nutrient powder supplement for the body. Mix it with water, drink it like a shake. It's all you need for the full day. So check those products out at Expedition, X-P-E-D, ExpeditionCoffee.com, all designed to work together in a health ecosystem to reestablish your health sovereignty. Patriots, we're in a kind of a, obviously, I I swear I say this every night, we're in a crazy world. Yeah, no kidding. Like crazy, crazy. There is this a really good piece here, and it's it's an interesting perspective I wanted to play tonight. And this is about two minutes, 40 seconds or so. Take a listen to this and this, oh, man, the, the stuff that these people think that they're going to cook up. God is not going to like this. I don't think God's, he's going to be like, yeah, you go right ahead, try this, check this out. I don't mean to be a sensationalist, but are we here almost? If we are at the end, I'm going to show you why the World Economic Forum and Yuval Noah Harari are the ones that are going to bring the judgment of God. By now, you've probably seen this clip. Science is replacing evolution by natural selection with evolution by intelligent design. Not the intelligent design of some God above the clouds, but our intelligent design. We know playing God is a bad idea. But this isn't the first time we've seen this. Right before the flood where God judged the world the first time, it says in the book of Enoch chapter 6 that the angels came to the earth, they chose themselves wives and had children with them. And they even genetically modified the plants and animals. And so God said to the son of Lamech, which was Noah, that the earth was going to perish from the waters of a deluge that would come over the whole earth and destroy everything on it. So it was this contaminating or hybridizing the genome that caused the destruction of the earth by the judgment of God. And this is exactly what the World Economic Forum and Noah Harari are talking about. Our intelligent design is going to be the new driving force of the evolution of life. And in using our new divine powers of creation, we might make mistakes on a cosmic scale. 
and he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name. And check this out. When they asked Jesus when he was going to return to the earth in Matthew 24, he said it would be as in the days of Noah. Yeah, the days of Noah. In addition to wanting to design life, they also want to build their own intelligence with AI. Because AI is nowhere near its full potential. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. So what if this beast is this new secular order that the World Economic Forum is talking about? Meaning that if you don't agree with them or you don't serve this digital dictatorship, maybe AI would determine that you were useless because you didn't fit into their world system or you didn't worship the beast. Those who fail in the struggle against irrelevance would constitute a new useless class. Useless from the viewpoint of the economic and political system. And this useless class will be separated by an ever-growing gap from the ever more powerful elite. Listen to what he says about how they'll know they'll be able to track biometrically if you're serving the great leader. And you have to wear this bracelet, which constantly monitors what is happening inside your body. And you walk into a room and you see the picture of the dear leader on the wall and the bracelet can know what is happening to your brain, to your blood pressure, as you see this picture. So this, this really what is meant by a digital dictatorship. I mean, it makes 1984 sound positively child's play. Child's play. And she says that with a smile. <laughs> it does. I'm, I'm going to get a T-shirt. Proud to be part of the new worthless class. Useless class. Useless class. That's it. Because I don't want to be useful to them. I'll tell you, these people are... <laughs> it's like, yeah, go ahead and keep playing, trying to play God. I don't think that story ends well at all. These people are so sick. They really are. And they think they're so good. That's because they all don't understand who the Lord is. And they deny him. Before we go further, though, I want you to hear this piece. It's a really important perspective of where we're going to go tonight. This one is going to hit hard. One tree can make a thousand matches. But only one match can burn a thousand trees. Moral of the story is don't let one negative thought burn all the positive thoughts. Don't let one negative thought burn all the positive thoughts. Look, if you can't see it right now, the world is swirling with increased fear hits. And everything they're doing is to try to always make you feel down and negative. Why is that? Why do they want this? Because... As they press your energy down, your your whole energy and vibration drops in your body. It doesn't matter if you're praying, if you're if you're all in glum and you're not trusting in God and you're walking around like, oh, Eeyore time. Those things that they say about that other clown that's talking about this new great leader stuff, they start to sound good because it sounds like the way out and it sounds safe. It sounds like everything's going to be taken care of and you don't have to deal with those Worthless class, useless class people. Because we're so problematic. We think. We question. We have no loyalty to the great leader. We have only loyalty to our Lord Jesus and to Father. They hate us for that reason. And so with that, they wage a complete and total psychological war on the people for the sole purpose of bringing down your frequency and vibration. 
When your frequency and vibration drops, your health drops. Your ability to think long-term drops. This is not, by the way, stuff I'm just making up. This is all science. The real science, not the science of there. This is the real study of how the physiology of the body works. We're in a really amazing period right now when, as we're sitting here walking with God, we're, we're raising up the vibration frequency of the earth. It's happening. And we're leading a tremendous way. But what that clown was talking about in the, in the audio piece there is there is a separation happening. That's the bifurcation. And those that have a low frequency that are starting to tread towards depression, starting to feel like the world is too big, it's too big for me to overcome. They've all been separated from God. And that's part of reducing vibration is to keep you away from your relationship with God. So when you allow negative thoughts to come in, even one negative thought, it's like putting a crack in your armor and Satan can stick his hand right in there. It only takes a crack because that's just like a parasite that can move in through that crack in your armor and worm its way in and start working on you. There's good reasons in a functional warfare point of view of why we repent or should be repenting each day, why we have to have a constant prayer ritual with Father. It's a constant dialogue. It's not compartmentalized to certain times of the day. That's a fool's walk. If we are literally walking in this space, we are behind enemy lines. These are the sorts of people that are trying to shape a world around us and what we're doing. Think about it like this. We were airdropped in kind of through a womb first, but the same concept. And we were dropped in behind enemy lines. And as we rise up, we are literally disrupting their hold on this earth. We are occupying the land and we are seizing back the kingdom, expanding the kingdom. We are seeking dominion and subduing their evil. That's our walk. And you're not going to do that walk if you have negative thoughts going through your head. Now, I'm going to speak to you just purely on a warfare point of view. If you go into a combat action and you start having negative thoughts, there's a good chance you're going to die. And not only that, you're going to take out team members with you. No matter what happens, the great fights that occur in combat happen because people never stop believing that they can win and that they can win no matter what the odds are against them. And that's the truth. And winning takes on many different forms, but you never, ever let the enemy get into your head. Ever. Right now, this enemy is doing everything it can to get in people's head. And it only takes that fracture to get one negative thought. And that's not something we can afford. We have to accomplish this mission. Subdue the enemy. Subdue the land. Occupy the land. And expand the kingdom. And the thing is, when we say these words, if you have been around this culture in your life, you should, if you say those words, hear an echo in your head. You should hear the echo in your head of things like, ooh, we shouldn't say, we shouldn't say subdue. Ooh, we shouldn't talk militantly. If you hear that echo, that means you've been effectively exposed to the enemy's message. And it's okay because you just laugh at it and you keep pushing on and you're going to kick it in the teeth and keep marching. 
our mission here is very real. And this enemy is very real. And they want nothing more than to put the fear in people's minds. The biggest thing that they do here, because there's not that many of them proportionally, this is the part that always stuns me. The numbers we have, it's like, I'm going to say a rough number, 10 million of them to about 7.5 billion of us. And yet, they're telling the people what's going to happen, and people are nodding their head going, okay, there's nothing we can do. I guess this is it. How does that happen? Fortunately, there's not 7.5 billion people nodding their head. But it happens because people have fallen into that trap of fear. At some level, they have decided that it's too big for them to manage, that it's too overwhelming, and they've given in to the institutions of words. Key thing here, the institutions of words that spew from the serpent's mouth, that, are, that take the face of men. God has told us over and over, have no fear, fear not. And yet, it happens every day. How can that be? How do we let ourselves get there? Because here, we're not having that conversation with God. It's like every day we'll spend hours cruising the media, listening to the noise, listening to music. All these frequencies are designed specifically to break you down. How many people have to carry their phone with them all the time? And I make a point every day of taking blocks of time of leaving my phone somewhere else and shutting it off because I don't want to hear anything. And I still spend a lot of time doing the web because that's part of research. But there has to be some, we have to disconnect ourselves. We have to get to where Father wants us to be. And here's the thing. The warfare that we're waging cannot intermesh with the warfare they're waging on us. One has to win. Because you can't have this deluge of negativity while you're telling yourself, well, Christ wants me to love everything. What happens, sadly, is that love gets translated to corporal love. It gets translated to physical love. So love is like, oh, I love you. What does that mean? I love you. I want to hug you. The, the level of love we're talking about here is a love so deeply connected with Father that it overwhelms everything negative. And within there, there's no hug and love. There's no hug and kisses. It's a whole different level of that sort of existence. As I've said before, love at that level is flipping tables with the money changers, berating the Pharisees in the temple, giving the Sermon on the Mount, feeding the the masses with a few pieces of bread and some fish, and standing in between the accusers of the adulteress who are armed with stones, ready to stone her to death, and having them both walk out quietly and leaving the scene deeply reflecting on who they are. That's agape love in a nutshell. We like the dramatics. We love the healing piece, which is, it is powerful, but we want, we focus a lot on the healings. Agape love is much deeper than that. Agape loves being able to fly with the devil, walk with the devil as he moves you through and, and finally just The devil gets just fed up and flies away, moves away, whatever he does. That's the strength of this, that there can be no, the evil cannot stand to this. It completely collapses and has to leave. When God's hand comes in, I don't 
really know what that looks like, but I'll bet there's a lot of screaming, which is good. Our mission is so important that we keep focused and keep positive and keep forward. We have no time for self-pity. We have no time for worrying. These are powerful times. Truth is what arms us. And I would say at this point, and I'm just going to share with you a conversation I had earlier tonight when asked about how the channel was going, and this is my comment. I said over the last two and a half years, I have seen this channel grow. And I've seen people grow with it, including myself. And I believe at this point in time, Bards Nation is the most informed and most equipped for what is to come next. Whatever comes, we can adapt to. And our mission is huge. And the person I was talking to said, from what I have seen in chat and what I've heard from your show, I would agree. That's a big accomplishment that everybody owns. The world is changing. And it's changing radically. And it's going to be shaken. It has to be shaken. If we don't shake this earth, if we don't shake this system, if we don't expose all of the the evil to light, if we don't bring forward the truths for people to, to see, to truly have an ability to make a decision then on who they will serve, that's the big piece here. We've walked through that valley of death. We've walked through and stepped over the corpses and we've sidestepped the flechettes and the swords and the knives that have been thrown at us. We've waded through the doubt and the misery. We've bared even those that are our our weights in our lives that don't want to listen and they end up being they want to be they don't want to do anything unless we drag them to life. We've done all this. And we're still doing it, but we are doing it with an increasing level of strength because we're not walking in the muck of their world anymore. We're walking in God's world. And if anything, no matter where we are, that's something to focus on every single day and begin your day there because we're literally walking with God, walking in his world. His world does not have that darkness. You know, that darkness is dank. It's like when Frodo goes into the cave of the spider. It is... It's sticky with webs and it smells of death. That is the world we were living in, trying to find the light of God within it, that sweet smell of Christ. Guess what? We're free. And you're as free as you're willing to let your mind be free. But if you're going to let darkness in, you will be pulled back there because it has an amazing tentacle of, of grip on people. Darkness and and depression and these sorts of negativities are very much like an addiction to a drug. And for some, it's as powerful as heroin because they can't live without that constant recycling of negativity because within their own body systems, the chemicals of dopamine and adrenaline keep pulsing and they need that to feel purpose. When we step in that life with Christ, those mechanisms slowly start to unwind. And yes, we are remade in our mind, in our body, but it takes time for all of that to cleanse. When you go into a, in a situation where you have high adrenaline 
take a combat action where you're involved in an ambush, at the moment you go through that ambush, let's say it's two hours, maybe it's three hours, the adrenaline that's coursing through your body will take up to 10 days to clear out. That's how intense that drug is. And the dopamine's the same way. So imagine these people that have been locked into this state of fear and this coursing of chemicals through their veins for the last 18 months, almost two years now, two weeks to flatten the curve where we're coming into what, like almost two weeks or two years? That sort of intensity, in my opinion, opens the door for every bit of negativity and demonic activity to take housing and set up house inside the person. Their energy levels are low. Their frequencies are low. And so when they start hearing these things from the World Economic Forum, like this is the new world, you will become, and notice how he talks about it, you will become part of the elite. That's what he's kind of saying to them if you listen. You join us, you follow us, you wear that wristband. We get to monitor everything inside of you. You get to see the great leader. You're like, oh, who's that? The great leader? Oh, he's going to take care of me. Yes, the great leader shall take care of you. Oh, do I have to look at a picture? Yes, you must, and you must worship him. Okay, this is going to be so much better than COVID. That's the world they want to pull people into. And we are the army that's trying to break down those walls. Psalm 121, 5 to 8. The Lord is your protector. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun will not beat down on you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will protect you from all evil. He will keep your soul. The Lord will guard you, guard you going out and your coming in from this time and forever. I find it interesting, that comment, he will keep your soul, which is to say, is to suggest that that's one of the prizes that the enemy would like to take. I don't know what these vaxes do. I don't know what's, what this whole cycle of constant fear does. But I do believe it has real consequences. And I do believe that there are many people who have bartered away a measure of control of their soul through the, con- through the deals that they've struck with taking these injections and living in a life of fear. And that's sad. But we have to build that righteous flame within us to say we're fighting for all of them, not just ourselves and not just for one class of people. Children, top of the list. A, a seniors right there with them. But we're, we are fighting for everybody. And many of these people are so obsessed with this, this lock-in, this safety of not having to think. That's the big process. They're literally working through OODA loops that they can't escape out of because it's, it's safe for them. It's, it's like for them it becomes the nurturing of their life. There's nothing else. And you see, you're seeing it a lot cropping up right now. People confusing Religion with faith. This is a big one. Our faith does not need a house of worship. Our faith in in Father and our faith in Christ lives within the perfect temple, which is us. 
And so what you're hearing is these attacks coming upon a whole class of people, which is the same class of people they're trying to eradicate, which is things like you heard a minute ago. We're not going to do some God that lives above the clouds. I don't think he lives there. He courses through my veins and in my heart, and I speak to him every day, and I will tell you what, I have yet to fly on the clouds. And I'm not saying it's not going to happen, but that's not where I've met him. Someone like that who speaks that way, he's nothing but a devil's little workhorse. And he's speaking to a group of people that have been brainwashed to believe that faith is only defined by a particular pulpit or a building. That doesn't devalue the importance of the church to God and by any means. But it is, they've used that as a mechanism to get into people's head and to separate them from the true relationship with Christ. That's part of our fight is to break that down, to cleave that sort of thinking into pieces so that they can open their eyes and realize the freedom that comes in the true relationship with Christ Jesus. And once they touch it, they'll never go back. The question is, how do we get it there? And it's not going to be easy. It never is easy. But there's a point coming here that's obviously ramping up. Things are escalating to a culmination. And I just look at this from the various events that are happening. We become what we, we are very adaptive people. One of the blessings that God gave us is that we can endure many, many things. And as our strength in him builds, we can endure these things longer and longer periods and we can endure more intensity than we ever imagined right now if you really take an honest look at the world around you and in your life the amount of crazy that's in this world has gone at least is in the public eye has gone up exponentially in the last three or four years imagine taking yourself out of the last five years of development which is just the walk in life as you've moved yourself through various experiences built a deeper and intimate relationship with Christ, built a more intimate relationship with Father. That's where we are now. Now imagine rewinding yourself back five years and taking this entire world that you're in right now and re- and dropping you in it without the five years of development. I don't care who you are, you're gonna be, it's going to be disorienting because this world is that screwed up right now. What's important is to understand that there are many people that are now coming to this moment of opening their eyes and they are experiencing that exact thing because this world has be, has moved, all of us have moved with it. We've moved with it and we've adapted to its insanity. We've adapted through various mechanisms, deeper prayer, laughter, mockery. We've adapted with it with greater levels of temperance. Father's given us grace. You notice how the most well-armed nation in, in the world has not picked up arms to fight itself? That's the power of God's hand across this nation. By all accounts, people should have blown a gasket a long time ago, but they didn't. 
And even on the left, which was all these explosive actions that were happening, notice how that has kind of simmered down a bit. But each of us, and I really shouldn't use the left, it's just the people that are walking in a place of, of an agnostic relationship with the world or an atheist relationship with the world or a shallow relationship with Jesus. And there's a lot of people to walk with a shallow relationship with Jesus. It's just a rubber stamp every Sunday. Ch-ching. Did you go to church? Yeah. Did you throw some money in the pot? Yep. Yeah. You good? I'm good for a week. Oh, yeah, I'll probably sin again, but I'll be back. I'll get all cleaned up next week. Pastor, will, pe- preacher will take care of me. Get her all fixed up. That's not what we're talking about. And those sorts of relationships, that's the sort of relationship. I, I saw some stuff today. I wish literally, I have to be honest. I mean, even I've seen a lot of stuff. This one was like, in this day and age, was I was like, what? This is actually happening? Some mud fest down in Florida. People with massive, super lifted four-wheel drives. And it's all just like like bikinis in mud and people mudding it up and drinking beer and playing loud music and drinking beer. And and I think a couple of them have a fish on their bumper. So apparently that's good. <laughs> I'm like, all right, man. Good, good on you. We have a, and I, and I, look, I'm not condemning it. I'm just, it's just, you'd have to see it to experience what I was seeing. Cause it was just like, it's a crazy in here that is very detached in my opinion from what's really the world that's changing. I don't, each to their own. And it's not for me to question whether one's relationship is with Christ, but I do know that when we have a shallow relationship with Christ, we're walking, we're trying to walk in two worlds. One in the convenience of the one and, and one in the sacrifice of the other. And those two worlds can't blend. It's back to the same thing, especially right now, because we're coming into a period right now where this is being, that sword has been levied on the world. And it is a very intense moment in this world. We have to start making hard choices. Isaiah 49, 25, indeed, this is what the Lord says. Even the captives of the mighty man will be taken away and the prey of a tyrant will be rescued. For I will contend with the one who contends with you and I will save your sons. God is moving. And there's many things happening. I don't know if you were keeping track or if you have been keeping track today of the sorts of big events that have been happening, but check this out. And don't tell me things are just, this is just small little events. Hillary Clinton, Klaus Schwab, Senator Bob Casey, Jen Psaki, and the King of Norway all tested positive for COVID in the last 24 hours. What's the chance of that happening? There are some big things happening. The earth is literally beginning to shake. And whatever form it takes, we're seeing God's hand begin to shake it. And they're 
this is an this war is moving into the open. I'm I've told you many times, and it's just how I believe because I've seen it too much. The ravages of war don't go away quickly, and the the suffering that has gone on here is going to ex- increase in different ways. I don't know what this whole shakeup is going to look like. I know that it's important for all of us to be prepared, but we're also preparing to help our neighbors. We're being prepared to help one another. We're being prepared to continue that positive way to introduce Christ where need be, to bring Christ with us in each place, to live and experience that life as the life of agape love, not life in fear, depression, negativity. That's not where we belong. That's where they want us. So there's going to be moments, no matter what you take on this, the world is in such chaos. Any system that's in total chaos will eventually shake itself to pieces. We're there. Between what's unraveling in Ukraine, with what's happening in with the sanctions in Russia, the relationships that Russia has with China, the boycotts against Russia, Russia's counter boycotts to us, the lack of planting of food, the lack of fertilizer, farmers pulling back on what they're willing to plant because of the cost of things, the reduction in fuel availability. Look, I can go on a list. Earthquakes. Tornadoes, which by all accounts, that was weather warfare down in Texas. You're seeing everything pulled out. This is all stops, all assets deployed, quite literally. And this is the full-scale fight for this, for who's going to control humanity. Thing is that whatever they're fighting, I only know there's only one person that's controlling me. And that's God. So with that, they can fight all they want. I don't know where the hearts of everybody is, nor none of us do, but I know that where our alignment comes in with God and we walk this path because on one hand, hand maybe what we're witnessing is the war of, of God's team versus the evil team. On the other hand, maybe we're witnessing the war between two elites and the whole thing is going to come tumbling down, which is what I personally think. Because then when the whole system gets shuttered and gets completely dropped on its head, We're all going to have to face that accountability for our part in it. We're going to face each other as we need to face each other to build the bridges and heal the wounds. And the healing of the wounds is not going to happen if we're coming at each other with baggage from a past. We're going to have to come to accept that much of what we had had become was influenced by a system that we couldn't see through. Each one of us is going to change. Every single one of us. We have an advantage to a certain degree because we have forced ourselves through a very difficult phase to see truth and to let our eyes see as God has allowed us. But God hasn't opened up our eyes fully yet. He's allowed us to see as much as we can and as much as we're willing. And that advantage is going to be one of the greatest gifts we can bring back to the world because it's going to allow us to lead and guide and mentor, steward 
and disciple the many that are wandering out there. Never will so much be asked of so few by so many. That's that quote from the Irish Prime Minister. And it's so important that we hold to that line because each of that steps, we're not about trying to create one superior elite class over the other. We're not trying to compete with Klaus Schwab and go, oh, you got, you have the tech, so we have God, so we're better than you. The hard part, I think all of us have to deal with, and it, when I say we have to deal with it, we have to realize is even that clown that's talking about doing his thing with imprisoning people with tech and worshiping the great leader. Even God would take him back if he did the right things. After all, we have to remember Paul. And that's the hardest part about this walk. I think it's the hardest part about the true sense of agape love. And that is the place of trusting because agape is going to come from the ultimate trust in Father as he leads us to do the things that at times we are not going to want to do. And that's just the truth. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And that's where that intimate relationship with Father comes in talking and communicating and being honest with the heart. This is my relationship with God. I'm just going to share it because I'm not just a yes man. I obey, but I if I have something that conflicts, I talk to Father about it. If I'm uncomfortable, I'll talk to Father about it. If I and if I'm being pulled, I'll I'll ask Jesus to sit with me and have a conversation about something I feel is wrong. And I'll be honest, there's not very many times that I'm right. But the one thing I do know is I'm always heard. And by being heard, I'm shown. And when I'm shown, I learn. That's where we're each, in my opinion, need to cycle through. Because it's not just obeying. That blind obedience doesn't elevate us, doesn't teach us, doesn't give us the experience. And remember, we're walking this experience. We're sharing it with Father. We're sharing it with Christ. It's not, there's nowhere in there that it's asked us. I mean, that's the beautiful thing that we go through Old Testament. It's so, the story's so rich to me because it's so real and visceral. It's people obeying, but also doing what they do. They're human. That's what God intended us to be. He made us that way. He didn't ask us to be an obedient drone like the Borg or this mass of people out here that the WEF, and notice what the WEF is doing. The World Economic Forum is trying to create a class of obedient drones. That is not what God has asked us to do. So it's important in my walk, the way I see the world, you take it as you wish, to have that open dialogue. I could tell you the, almost to the day when I just made that decision, and I can tell you the conversation, which I won't share tonight. But it was a pretty fiery conversation I had with Father. And my bottom line was this. For me to be honest in this walk with you and to walk with Christ, I have to let my heart speak truth, even at times when that is coarse and it's harsh. And I was like, and if you're going to berate me for it, then strike me down. Well, it didn't happen. 
And I think that's what builds that deep understanding. As we walk now, it's going to be so important because the things that are going to unravel, whether they're done by a group of white hats or whether they're done by a military expedition or whether they're done because of the natural course of people waking up, whatever that is, what we are going to be encountering between the consequences of the vax, the consequences of an economic system that's imploding, the consequences of fear, the consequences of a society that has walked away to, in large part, away from God, what we are going to be facing are challenges that are going to challenge ourselves. And that's as Father intended because he knows that we can handle this. But he's also never said, walk it alone. And Christ has never told you to walk it alone. And that's that relationship. So when we're talking, we're saying, oh, take the burden off me. I, to me, I hate those sorts of things. It's like, take the burden off me. For what? What's the conversation? What are you feeling? What are you feeling in your heart? What do you need them? What do you need that guidance for, that hand for, that blessed hand to touch you on? And as you go through that cycle and that process, it's such a beautiful exchange and relationship because you start, I think, the experience always leads to a deeper appreciation that we are walking this together, not alone and not following like an obedient dog. Life is so rich. And Father is so great. And we have the most amazing king and friend in Christ Jesus. And when we take advantage of all of that, and I literally there are days that I look around and I'm like, I wonder if I just sat down and said, okay, I'm getting rid of everything and I'm just going to wait for the mana to come from the sky. And I'm not sure that that wouldn't happen. But that's not what Father's put on my heart. Amazing times ahead. And amazing times to walk with the Lord ahead. And it's a fearless walk, but it's also a walk of so much grace and glory and temperance that we know that we're going to be able to pull this through as part of Father's plan. Let us pray. Jesus, we just ask you to join us tonight. Thank you, Jesus, for just being here, for always being there, for always being that blessed hand that just guides us through this and always that blessed hand that takes us right to Father so we can hear that and understand deeper what the intent is. Jesus, you've all, all know the relationship that this world brings about and the, the relationship of the flesh and the spirit, the challenges that that poses. You've been through betrayal. You've been through the experience of love on this place, on this land. You've seen the betrayal at the levels of the church. You've seen the corruption at the levels of money. You've presented the, the challenges for each of us to face as we deep, look deep within the mirror of ourselves. You've given us a glimpse into a greater way of being. And it just seems that we're finally coming to a place where so much of that starts to make more sense. And maybe, Jesus, that's because we're in the process of losing 
so much that we thought was good and we've learned is so rotten. So this next step is huge. The steps that we're taking are massive. And as we sit here and we think about where that's going, we really know that we don't have any control of the tomorrows. And the days to come are just simply going to be in this gloriful walk as Father leads us and as you're with us, Jesus. We just ask you to help keep our eyes open. Give us that touch of encouragement once in a while because there's going to be some real challenges. And we're good. We know that. I think we also know that we're going to have to press in sometimes. We're going to have to speak honestly from the heart in times that we're, maybe we're not even comfortable speaking that honestly. So before we get there, forgive us for some of those moments. Yet we know that you have already. Our heart is true in this walk. Our heart and our love for you is uncounted. And equally, as we have gone through the pain of this last two years, we have really regained a deeper love for our fellow man. We hate the pain and the suffering. We hate the exploitation and the joy which this elite class takes in marring, maiming, and destroying God's creations. So we pray for this nation. We pray for grace. We pray for forgiveness. And as a nation to repent from our sins, but as a whole nation to find that way to you, to take our knee before you as a whole nation, to open our hearts, to appreciate finally that it's always been a nation which we are on our knees before you, before we put our knees to government ever. Guide us in these times. Strengthen us. Let our hearts grow rich with the true love the Father puts within us. And let us be that lamp on the hill for the many that are seeking and wandering. And we say these things in your holy name. Amen. If you're paying attention to all these things that are just falling apart, which I try to, it's really pretty amazing. Think back when you were a child. And think back. And I do. And it's funny because I can remember at about three years old, I had it put on my heart that I was going to be an amazing time to live and something very amazing was going to happen in my life. And that feeling has been there my whole life. And where we are today, as I look around, I'm like, wow, (laughs) who would have ever thought that we would be living through a period that is literally a biblical period, a time when everything is being exposed when the truths are all coming forward. This is a beautiful and amazing time to live. And it's only getting warmed up. So that's a pretty good thing. 
Have a blessed night. Keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. Keep those prayers flowing. We need the strength of warriors right now. The Davids, the Gideons, the the Joshuas. We need them. All of us. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God will win. What's the best part about that story is we have a mission here in this time, in this place, for such a time as this. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Mission forward. Have a blessed night, Patriots. I'll see you tomorrow for Bard's, for Bended Knee at 1 p.m. Pacific. Until then, or until the next time. God bless, and out for now. All this time we had to prove that we could stand here too. All the nights been pushing through, fight for all we had to lose. Reaching out for something to pull us up to level ground. Oh, I can see it now. I can see it now.
the freeway, let it ease my mind. We run away sometimes when belonging becomes something to find. We always come back to what we know. Keep it close on the cold days, darling. Counting all the ways where you are safe. Place to hide from the rain.